It's Friday at 3 p.m. and the final school bell rings. For most kids, that brings the excitement the school week is over. But for other kids where their school is their lifeline to meals, it means the anxiety of wondering how, when, and where they're going to eat for the next two and a half days. You'll hear from Bob Bell how he and his team at Food for Thought are tackling this problem for tens of thousands of children and their families across the Denver metro area by delivering bags of non-perishable food every week during the school year on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am thrilled to reconnect and share a conversation with an old friend, Bob Bell, a Denver native and founder of the amazing Food for Thought. I first met Bob more than 25 years ago when he became one of our first sponsors and was instrumental in the launch and growth of the Gold Crown Foundation and our basketball programs. Bob is the broker owner of Mile High Properties, a residential real estate brokerage in North Denver that he founded in 1998. We'll hear more about Food for Thought, the organization he founded in 2011, and how its simple mission to feed a child is making a difference to tens of thousands of families in Denver. Bob, welcome. It's great to reconnect after all these years, and I can't wait to get into it about Food for Thought. Thank you, Jay. Indeed, it is. Uh, it was just great to see your face, and uh, can't wait to talk to you further. Well, tell me, for somebody that doesn't know anything about Food for Thought, how would you describe it? <laughs> you know, it's just a grassroots effort to address a need that, you know, fell in my lap, and it's fallen in the lap of a lot of people to try to just bridge the gap of hunger for little kids um, in tough situations in the Denver metro area. So tell me a little bit about how it started and, and how it's evolved. Well, it, it's interesting how it started. It's uh, one, you know, like one of those things that happens in your life, and I'm sure in a lot of your listeners' lives where it's like, dang, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Uh, literally, I was a Rotarian up in Arvada. And uh, they were doing a backpack program feeding some kids in eastern uh, Arvada. And, you know, they fed about, they were feeding about 60 kids a week. And my job, because I drive a pickup, was to go to the food bank in Arvada, pick up the food, take it to the school. And to be honest with you, Jay, I didn't give it much more thought that. I dropped right. it off and I waved goodbye and said, have a good day. Right. Every time I went to that food bank, the director of the food bank would say, Bob, you're better than this. Bob, you're better than this. That probably went on for about a year. But I said, what the hell do you want me to do? <laughs> This kid, this this problem with childhood hunger is pervasive in Denver. You're a North Denver guy. You're always talking, you know, big and bad about being a native. So these little kids in North Denver, they they don't have any food on the weekends. And there's yeah. things that you hear it, you can't unhear it. And right. it happened that, you know, very concurrently, I'd had my first grandkid. I'm looking at that kid thinking, man, if you ever had to had to wait for food. I don't know how I can I've lived with myself. And then you realize, hey, you better start helping the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is amazing to think in this city that's so prosperous and is exploding in growth that people don't get enough to eat. So it's fascinating to me that you've, you're now running a million dollar organization and there's no paid staff. So talk about the financial. Well, yeah. Talk about the financial commitment that it takes to, to do all this. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't even know how to say it's evolved, Jay. So this is March of 2012. We right. You know, we we identify one school. I meet a teacher. She's got 300 kids, and basically in the backyard of my office here. And you know, we just 
all we really wanted to do was help those 300 kids. And I just got a couple of my beer drinking buddies and sat down and said, how can we do it? And we talked to that director of the food bank and she said, you know, join the food bank of the Rockies. They'll give you a partnership agreement. They'll allow you to buy food um, at a very, very reduced price. Right. They're still our partner. Um, my Rotary Club, we told them what we were thinking of. They gave us 30,000 bucks and said, you know, knock yourself out. See if you can nice. And that was March. And we ran that thing, you know, um, partnered up with the food bank and we addressed those 3,300 kids. And we just started feeding them every Friday, just a, a very simple bag of non-perishables. We purchased the goods at, at Food Bank of the Rockies and we'd put it in a bag and, um, you know, we'd hump, we'd hump it over there to the school on Fridays and we could just tell instantly that it was a game changer for those children. But, you know, the food is a good thing. And even 10 years into this, the food is a very good thing for their parents. Yeah. What's important is just the consistency of someone showing up in their life. Right. Not the way they live right now. And, you know, we, we didn't miss a Friday from March until they got out of school. And, you know, really uh, proud to tell you we haven't missed a Friday since that day, Jay. That's unbelievable. So taking a step back, the way this works is Fridays, you guys spend some time during the week collecting all, getting this food from the food bank. Friday mornings, you set it all up. You have an army of volunteers that come in and bag it, and then you're getting it out to schools, right? Yep, that's it. And to your earlier point, which I didn't do a very good job of answering, we just, we don't have any overhead in the program. So right. we, when we designed it, we said, look, none of us are looking for a job here. Right. I just want to figure out how to fit it into our lives. And luckily, a lot of people like yourself now understand that it does fit in your life. So, you know, we we just went, you know, basically as volunteers and said, OK, how can we make it happen? And we just started asking, can we find a truck somewhere? Can we find money for the food? Can we can we can we can we? And the community just resoundingly said, yeah, we're, we're going to make it happen. And, you know, like I say all the time, if, if I had a dollar for every time, somebody said you're going to have to. You have to get legit, if you will, and have an executive director and have all that. You don't have to, Jay. What you got to have is passion, and you know people with just enough intent uh, to fix this situation. And that's what we got. So, you know, like anything else, more you do it, the better you get. What have been some of the big lessons learned over the years? Well, I mean, the main lesson is, I mean, I think the the, the lesson that that I still, as I speak with you today, I can't believe is if you think about it, we were in one school. So we're in free and reduced lunch schools. Right. 95% higher of that population comes from an average income of 29K or below for a family of four. I mean, stop and think about that for a second. In this city, how on earth do you, do you have a nickel left over to pay for food? Probably don't. You don't. I mean, you, people ask me all the time, how can they not have food? Well, they got to put shoes on their feet and coat on their back, try to find transportation, gas for that track, whatever the school supplies. And sometimes food just gets lost. And yeah, you got to have a roof over your head. Got to find a way to live in this town. And to be very honest with you, uh, and I, you know, I don't like to say this, but in a lot of cases, these kids just don't have the kind of parents that you need to have. To right. You know, I. Yep. I've been in those cafeterias when it was not hot lunch day. And, you know, the bag lunch comes from, you know, 7-Eleven with, you know, hot cheetos. Right. You know, it's just not, it's just, it's a situation they're dealt and it's not these kids' fault. Right. So, um, you know, it's just, so the, the learning piece was, in, you know, we don't have any marketing budget. We don't spend any money to advertise, if you will. 
Right. We started with one school who told one more school who told one more school. And while I'm very excited to tell you we've been in 76 different schools across the city, I'm embarrassed as all get out and tell you we're in 76 schools across the city. <laughs> right. But yeah. 76 schools just in Denver were, were predominantly Denver based, a little bit in Adams County. We're just broaching into Aurora. But I mean, Jay, that's 10,000 children. 10,000. They're in that financial demographic. I mean, I say it to you right now and I'm like, I'm not lying. Am I? No, I can't even grasp it 10 years in that, you know, there's that many little guys that have to really struggle with how am I going to eat after lunch on Friday till I get back to my school on Monday. Right. So that, you know, again, I I go back to my daughter's a teacher and she's been in title one schools. She's been in affluent schools and it's just such not a level playing field to starting Friday. You've got that anxiety. Oh my God, where am I going to how am I going to eat when, you know, there's so many kids that don't ever have to deal with that. And in this city, it's, it's, it's remarkable that, you know, the best case scenario would be you're out of business. Best case scenario would be, we'd be flat out of business, but, the, but it's going the other way. Yeah, it's, it truly is going the other way. And just the more you, you know, again, you can turn away and ignore it, but you better not. I mean, I know that I know the need is great in, in Aurora and I'm betting the next time we do one of these podcasts, I'll be able to tell you we're, we're knocking down those doors over there. And, you know, luckily this community has rallied. As you can imagine, when you say we're running a main dollar organization, our food budget, which is our only expense. I mean, you won't see- <laughs> only light item in the budget. Amazing. It will not. You know, I got a bunch of buddies that cover the, the very small things that we need to You saw it. I mean, we need right. Rubbermaid tables, rubbermaid bins, and a bunch of plastic bags. And that's about it. So, you know, those costs are covered by my crew. And other than that, you know, we're now at a million two that we spent the food bank of the Rockies just trying Remarkable. to kind of knock it out. Um, and people say, yeah, they insist that it just won't fail. You know, having seen it firsthand now, that is the secret sauce of this is this army of volunteers and people that have, you know, gotten behind the cause. So, you know, talk about how that's grown and how, where, where all these folks come from. Yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, it, it's, we, we, we're housed on the Metropolitan State University, University campus and we met those cats. We were down there on mm-hmm. a different, just on a business meeting. And my, my buddy, John and I were talking to them about, Hey, we're thinking about doing this thing. And they simply said, you will always have a home on this university campus. And true to their word, they have given us not only a physical, now we work outdoors, granted, and they gave us an alley. Right. We're thankful for the alley because we had nowhere else to do this thing. Right. So that had to change the whole. That changed the whole dynamic. That whole dynamic. Just allowed us to start. And right. Then, not only that, they lent us a lot of their students at the university. So in the early days, they were kind of our volunteer base. Those athletes, those kids, and especially at Metropolitan State University, where a lot of the kids that we address if they are going to get to university. Right. That's where it's where they're going to go. So they helped us. And then uh, Jay, I don't know how it happened. It just, uh, everybody started telling everybody and, and corporations started to hear about it. And they, they liked the fact they liked two things. They liked it. You know, I could look them in the eyeball and tell them if they give us five bucks, we knew what to do with it. And every damn penny was going to go there. Yeah. So we weren't going to pay anybody. So right. five bucks, 100%, but they could also put their boots on the ground. They, we send our staff down. Yep. It became kind of a corporate outing where, you know, CEOs and admin were on the same piece of pavement on the right. same thing. You know, it's, it's a very much a leveling ground. If you were there, you yep. don't know anybody who's a who, who is they and have not, what are they? 
Uh, you all just have to grind it out for an hour and a half and get the job done. It's cool. And I'm sure this has happened organically too, where, you know, success begets success. And the next thing you know, these folks are taking ownership of stuff. Like, hey, I'm the guy that does this. 100%. That has to be such a cool thing to see. 100%. I get way too much credit as being the food guy, but you are 100% right. Everybody has taken a little piece of the rope and, and pulled it. And people like you show up in my life and give us exposure further. And, you know, we've had great luck with the media around town that said, these guys are goofy, but they're getting a bunch of stuff done. And, you know, that's the truth. It's just a bunch of dudes that want, <laughs> want to see it get done and can't believe that really, if, if you reduce it down and you're right, we, we, you know, we work, I got a pile full of paper here. We work a couple hours a day on this thing, but the truth is, you know, we're feeding 20,000 bags of food a month in this community for a couple hours of work on a Friday morning. Come on now. If you don't got a couple hours for that, you're just not thinking right. You know, after 11 years, I'm sure you got hundreds and thousands of stories, but are there any that really stand out for you? Oh, gosh, you're right. There are there's more stories, but I, you know, every week, I'm sure every week. I mean, it's just a rare day. And, and, and it happened last Friday when you were there when, you know, when I jump off that tailgate that somebody doesn't come up and throw their arms around me and say, hey, guys, you're on the right track. Like not necessarily your program, but something like you did something for me that just gave me a chance, changed my trajectory just a little bit. Um, I, I mean, I, I remember one of the very first ones was a, a guy that was down there, you know, he's in a big old guy in a Laker jersey. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know him from Adam. He brought it up and said, I just want you to know, I just got a job at McDonald's and I just brought the amount of my first paycheck and given it to you. Wow. You know, that, that's just the kind of passion that people, they realize the value of a $5 bill, that it provides 10, 15 items for a kid that literally carry his family through the weekend for five bucks. And he was, he was willing to bring his five bucks to us. Amazing. Well, and I also thought it was, it was a real eye opener when you talked about the Metro State student athletes. You think these, oh, they got a full ride. They're, they're pampered athletes. And like these kids, some of these kids are in the same boat where they weren't, they didn't have anything on Friday when, because there is no training table at division two. That's it. That's it. Just landed on our radar at the end of the last packing season. And I was like, well, for gosh sakes, I mean, this, these people are the core of our existence and those kids are over there helping us every darn week. And yeah, sure enough. I mean, the rumor starts to turn into reality that they don't Yeah, You're right. They're living in an apartment over there on campus. There's no scholarship. There's no training table. You know, they, they are, and, and Jay, you didn't even hear this part, but one of my early uh, volunteers ever down there uh, is a professor on the university. He's been with me since day one. He came to uh -huh. chat on Friday and said, look, I was, you know, I'm in charge of the honors program on the university. I was on a camping trip, Bob, with six or seven kids who told me they subsist from an eating standpoint on the food pantry that's within the Tivoli Center on campus. Wow. Just it doesn't know any geographic boundaries. It doesn't know right. any social boundaries. You know, it's just hard to put it together in this town right now. And yeah, that's what we're going to fix. You know, I'm always fascinated when I see folks like yourself that are so devoted and so dedicated. And, you know, where does this drive come from for you? I mean, it's it's got to be something somewhere that's that drives you to do this. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a 
Catholic school graduate, and I'm always a fearful of the principal. And the very first principal, <laughs> said, okay, don't let these kids down. And, you know, we just took it to heart. But the truth is, you know, I, I, don't, I can't remember my life without this. I must have spent way too much time on a bar stool. I <laughs> Whatever I've given up, I've gotten back in spades. But I think the reality is, is simply what she already knew when she told me don't let them down. That once you see it and once you understand it, you cannot just turn away and say it doesn't exist. You know better. Right. When my phone rings on a weekly basis saying, what about my school? What about my school? Yeah, of course, we can address that school. But it also just keeps, keeps reinforcing this is not going away. And it needs to be helped. And if we can help it so simply. And, and we've built a community, Jay, of volunteers that it is a family. I mean. Yeah, you can tell that. But, what could happen with these volunteers could only happen with these volunteers. If, if I call, put out an all call right now and said we need 500 guys down there that noon the day to get something done, I'm not kidding you. It would happen. It just, yeah, people are good. People are good. This town is good. And um, it's just, you know, it, it motivates. But I've got a hundred times more back than I have ever given towards this program. Well, that's awesome because it is definitely, I've seen, you've seen it's, it's, that's the road less traveled. I mean, that's, you're not taking the easy path, which, which is awesome. If you were to look what keeps you excited about doing this in the future? Well, just the chance, I mean, that we just keep meeting new opportunities. You know, we have more people coming on board all the time and say, I want to help. Like, have you thought about this? And I'm like, no, never thought about it. Why don't we do it? You know, we and we keep it very simple. Like we're very myopic about this. People say, oh, yeah. why don't you put books in the bags? Why don't you put this in the bag? Why don't we don't. We do the food because we're good at it and we're simple at it. And you know, we've got great partners, and it's exciting to think again, exciting and sad that there's more schools out right. there to reach and help. And right. that's, that's all we're gonna do is just keep trying to turn over the stones and, and find the kids that that we can support. Well, I think that's a great message for anybody listening is if you find your niche, stick to it. Don't, don't try to overextend, you know, do what you do well and, and be great at it. And, yeah. and that's what you guys do, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly said. That's all we want to do is we, we want to be the best we can be for as many people as we can be for. Well, and it's, it's amazing. It looks like in, in around 2016, you took a giant leap and, and almost, you know, quadrupled. Was there anything behind that? Well, we've just been gathering money and, you know, we're not wanting to have any money in the bank. And it, it just kind of made itself explode by more, by more schools being aware of us. And it was easy then to make that modification happen. And then to be honest with you, for all the bad things that happened in COVID in 2020, you know, um, yeah. we we were, you know, we were told you can't possibly keep doing it in 2020. I'm like, well, this is when the kids are going to get the most. Right. All the bad things that happened, what was good is we were able to obtain a lot of funding from people, grantors, family. Awesome. Companies. Said, Man, if you're going to keep going, we're going to go with you. And that allowed us now, you know, to get to a level of financial security that we can say, you know, we're, we're built out for a year. So let's go get some more. We don't. We didn't have one nickel in that bank, Jay, that anybody gave us to have it sit in that bank. Right. Right. I mean, what keeps me awake at night is, oh, look, we got to spend all that money. And the only way to do that is get more kids. Well, haven't missed a Friday, which is awesome. I've been at it for 11 years. Awesome. I mean, the, the, the message here is to me, find what you can do really well stick with it. And you got to grind. Rome wasn't built in a day. You didn't get to 10,000 kids overnight. Uh, but if you keep at it, 
success will come and people will come on board. Great. Perfectly said. Okay. So I always like to end these. I call them my fab four. So my, my fab four questions are the first one is what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today. Ooh, read, listen to, well, it's Bronco cut day, Jay. I'm going to listen to the Broncos. <laughs> it is Bronco cut day. <laughs> so if you were to point to a role model or somebody who's inspired you to do the work that you're doing through food for thought, can you point to any person or any people in particular? Uh, probably my mother. You know, my mother uh, instilled in me a heart of service. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she very much lived a life of, of very humble giving to other people. And I like to think that somehow that's, that resides in me and resides inside me and keeps me, keeps me pretty focused on, on just being a, an everyday dude. I love that everyday dude. The humbleness is is awesome. So other than Food for Thought, is there an organization out there that you really admire the work they do or somebody you'd, you'd love to give a shout out to? Uh, gosh, there's many. I mean, we've met a lot of partners in this in this situation. There's a group called We Don't Waste that's out there that, yep. that harvests a lot of food around town that's going to waste and addressing a lot of that to our you know, less fortunate the homeless community and uh, they've done a bang up job kind of yep. side us. And certainly none of us, none of us are able to do any of this food related work without the food bank in the Rockies. They are simply miracle workers. Um, they work tirelessly to make sure that people like us are able to obtain food at a fraction of what we'd have to buy it for. Right. And they have been our partners since day one and they have grown along with us and their ideas keep coming. They're willing to listen to any ideas people like me have and say, hey, how can we make it bigger, better and better, you know, to address homeless. I'm sorry, to address hunger in this. Right. They are they are simply miracle workers. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, And especially one of the things I love about them is, you know, everybody likes to do the canned food drive but they can take the money you would spend on a can of food and quadruple it. So it's, so there, it it is remarkable. Lastly, if anybody wants to learn more about food for thought or volunteer, which I would highly recommend, where do they find you? That's the simplest thing. The only thing we're really good at from that marketing standpoint is we've got a really good website and a really social media presence. So foodforthoughtdenver.org. Um, it's one-stop shopping. You can you can give us five bucks. You can you can sign up to come down. It'll give you a map to our two locations where we're at. And yes, I mean we're not we're not much a fan of taking any money without you coming down and seeing it first. So if you're thinking about dropping us a check, think first about coming down under the bridge. Yeah, seeing it work, and then we can talk about the check later on. But you got to feel it. Um, before you can really get the gravity of what's really going on down here. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite sayings is if you're, if you're not feeling so good about yourself or if you're down, find a way to serve. If you go down to food for thought on a Friday morning, I promise you, you will feel better. I can't wait to get back down there Friday mornings. Uh, And like I say, Bob, it's, it's great to reconnect. Thanks for being here again today and keep up the awesome work. Thanks for this opportunity, Jim. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by JC Charity and Event Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. Food insecurity is a real hot button issue for me, so I hope you'll consider joining me in volunteering and supporting Food for Thought. Visit their website to learn how at foodforthoughtdenver.org. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd give us a thumbs up and leave a review. Until next time, I hope you are inspired to find a way to make our world better. Thank you.